people you love, play five songs they love and tell you why. Courtney Barnett is a national treasure. Ever since I first heard her songs around 2013, she's been one of my favourite storytellers. A dry wit with a knack for writing very catchy indie rock songs and reflecting back on the world around her, big and small. That talent has taken her around the world and for a good part of the last five years, Courtney has been on the road, consistently touring Australia, the US and Europe. When coronavirus hit, that all stopped and CB found herself back in her adopted hometown for the longest spell in quite a while. When I ask her to take five, Melbourne is in the midst of a coronavirus spike. The city is back in lockdown and feeling somewhat cut off and left behind from the rest of Australia. That's one of the reasons I asked Courtney to take five with her Melbourne. The city, the songs and the stories that have filled her heart since she first moved here. See, CB was born and bred in Sydney. She went to school for a while in Tasmania and then relocated to Melbourne in her early 20s. And before we got into her song choices, I wanted to know why. I did two years of uni in Hobart and then I'd started playing music and started playing shows and I think I just, um, Melbourne seemed like it had a lot going on. So I, so I moved. Did that click into gear pretty soon after you moved to Melbourne? Like, did you find your tribe and find a community to start making music in? No, I think it took a while, actually. I, th- I think maybe I had a slightly romantic idea of what it would be. And I think I knew some bands, but not many. And um, it took a while. Like, I felt a little bit lonely in that kind of, in that in that way. But I started kind of, I think the more shows I went to and the more people I started to meet, then it, it started making sense. All of some of the first musical friends that you made in Melbourne? I started playing in a band called Rapid Transit and I met like I guess a few people from the kind of tote world and I met actually Loose Tooth who are on Milk Records now. I met them back then. They were called Chaos Kids. But I was just going to so many gigs and because I started working in bars that had live music so and my girlfriend at the time worked at the corner so I, I was just kind of everywhere and, and, and trying to meet trying to meet other people who played music and yeah. It's funny that you said it took you a little while though because you know I was born and bred in Melbourne and I always think about the community but this kind of idea that you say that you had about what it would be like and then you get to Melbourne and it's not quite that dream yet. It sort of takes a little while um, to, for you to kind of click into gear. Yeah I mean I love Melbourne and I love the Melbourne music scene, but it's definitely... I knew there was going to be a bite at the end of that sentence. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's complicated like anything, I guess, and, and people's personalities and there's, there's so many things that, that, that go into that big kind of melting pot of, of ideas and, and realities. And, yeah, I think I think it just takes time like anything and like building real relationships and friendships and you know, you got to build trust as well. And like, so I think at the start, it felt a bit clicky. And I felt like, you know, I didn't know anyone and I didn't fit in. And I'm slightly like a nervous kind of person sometimes socially. So 
that didn't help, you know, when I'm meeting people and, and, and trying to and trying to do stuff. So it just I think it just took time. taking us through five wonderful Melbourne-based artists. And we're going to kick off with a woman who, like you, moved to Melbourne to kind of explore her music career a bit further. Kian is your first choice. Her one and only song, and what a hell of a debut this is. Better Things, tell me why you chose that. When I got the brief for Melbourne Songs, it was kind of, um, it's always, I always find things like this hard to pick, but um, it blew my mind. I just think she's a really special artist and, and I'm excited to see what what um what comes next. In terms of Sonic Hugs as well, I remember the first time I heard this, I was just like, oh my God, I feel so soothed. Like her voice is just like like butter. It's so smooth and so incredibly strong. Like where the hell did she come from, you know? Yeah, that's the kind of exciting, exciting part of discovering music, I think, for me. Like a lot of the time I discover stuff through friends and through kind of that roadmap of, you know, other people's inspirations and, and, and how it – and especially in Melbourne, like the kind of – as time has kind of passed, I've, I've you know, I discover, you know, like Paul Kelly, I discovered Vicar and Linda, I discovered Archie Roach, I discovered, you know, like it kind of one person leads you to a to another place, which which is always, I don't know, it's, it's just interesting journey. That's quite the family tree to draw as well, and particularly those artists. They're all very much entrenched in Melbourne. It feels like you're almost building this kind of sonic map of the city when you're talking about those artists. Yeah, totally. And and I think out of all of the songs that I've chosen, the um, Kian Better Things is probably one of the newer artists and newer songs. So it's exciting because I kind of know next to nothing about her and her, you know, like musical influences, and all I have is this one song which is beautiful and so beautifully written and so beautifully produced and performed. Yeah, it's really exciting to kind of to, to see what's, what's going to be next and see kind of a career unfold and, yeah. This next song is Nat Vaser with Higher Places. It's a wonderful tune. 
um, from Nat Vaser. Why did you choose it? How is this your Melbourne? So Nat Vaser is another slightly newer um, artist for me. And, well, I was introduced to her via Joe Syme from Big Scary, who I had toured with years ago and is a friend now. And she has a label called Hotel Motel. And she um, has has started to put out Nat Vaser's music. So, yeah, Joe kind of kept talking about this artist that she was working with and easy as that, yeah. It's such a dreamy song as well. It kind of makes you feel like there's sunshine coming down on your crown, which I think particularly in these winter months is sort of a nice thing to hear on the radio. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, actually. You know when someone talks about an artist and you and you haven't listened to them yet and you try to imagine what they sound like or you know just with no with no kind of knowledge and yeah this new the new album it does just everything sounds so luscious and like the video clip I think that goes with I think it's this song the kind of Lynchian like yeah it just it all comes together so beautifully. That hazy sound as well um, is such a, a beautiful way to escape. It makes me think about, um, I guess, the, the ways that you've been able to transport yourself very much outside of Melbourne over the last few years. And, of course, in these times of lockdown, you are, of course, back in Australia and here for a little bit. But when you think back, it must feel like years ago now that at the start of this year you were in America on a solo tour. You know, you were playing the legendary Ryman Auditorium in Nashville um, and you had further dates planned for overseas tours through 2020 as well. You have been on the road non-stop over the last few years. It's been, you know, you've been one of the hardest working musicians I've seen just constantly working around the world and while staying at home is not your decision, does it feel kind of nice to be able to take a break right now to be told that you have to stop? <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice kind of enforced um enforced break in that way and it's it's even you know I plan to have a very quiet year with with just kind of writing and doing some other some other projects and then I did end up booking those solo tours and a Nick Cave support slot as well because I remember talking to you and you're like yeah I'm gonna have a really quiet year and then it's just like it's like all these dates overseas that you had lined up like a moth to the flame yeah and even you know later in the year I I hadn't I didn't even get the chance to announce it but I was going to do some other tours overseas and um yeah I mean it's it's a good time to reflect on a lot of things yeah I'm really lucky where I am I'm very grateful that I'm you know in this flat and yeah I'm just slowly kind of working on songs and reading books and I love spending time by myself so it's I'm kind of lucky in that way I know you're a massive TV nerd as well. You love binging on a good TV show. What series have you been smashing during ISO? I do love TV. I've watched so much stuff. I just Give finished... us your tips. <laughs> well, there's this show on Netflix called Dark, which is like a German... Um... I can't watch it. It's so scary. No. <laughs> the soundtrack uh... makes me feel physically ill. It's so intense. <laughs> it's just been a really good excuse to catch up on a lot of 
like old movies and stuff I haven't watched. The new season of Wentworth comes out in 16 days. Oh, God, not that anyone's counting. (laughs) You're a massive Wentworth fan, aren't you? Yeah, each night before I go to sleep I send my friend Tomo a text and I let her know how many many sleeps we have left. Um, (laughs) Have you got like a little advent calendar in the kitchen where you're just crossing it off? Basically, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, I've watched lots of great docos recently. I watched that Dis- Disclosure doco on Netflix, which is incredible. What's that? It's kind of all about um, trans people, well, in media and kind of Hollywood and just how trans people are portrayed, I guess, through that lens. And it's right. It's a really great, like I, I highly recommend it for everyone to watch. And I signed up. I'm sorry. I'm just talking about movies Did now. Your face but... just lit up when you're about to tell me whatever you are. You're just so excited right now. <laughs> I keep I keep telling everyone, but there's this thing um, called Criterion Collection, which I think is US based, and it's it's just this amazing online collection of yeah old films and um, kind of more like slightly art house films, and so I've been digging into old. Um, some old classics there. Isolation is treating Courtney Barnett very, very well in front of the telly, giving us some hot tips as she takes five. Uh, has music been helping you a lot? Not necessarily your own music, which I do want to ask you about, but have you been listening to a lot of music as well to sort of give yourself a bit of relief? No, I hate music. Just <laughs> <laughs> just movies just movies and TV for me now. <laughs> the truth no, comes I- out. <laughs> No, I've been. Um, I have. I've been. I've been discovering lots of new, new music and you know old music, which is new to me now. But um, my latest love is um, Arthur Russell. I never get lonesome. Never in the day. Never do I worry. I've got nothing to say. You know when you discover someone you really love and then you're kind of angry that no one's ever told you about them before? Yes. <laughs> like, what have all my friends been doing not telling me about this person? They really let you down. <laughs> <laughs> the last few days I've been listening to a lot of Nina Simone. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Just trying to kind of go through all the albums and the like compilations that exist on Spotify. Let's jump back into your choices. The next pick that you have for us is by June Jones from an album that was acclaimed last year. She released it. It's called Look At You Go, this song. Tell us about June Jones for anybody who doesn't know and why you chose this, how this is part of your Melbourne. Years ago... At the art gallery, the NGV, I saw um, a band called Two Steps on the Water and June Jones then after that band went solo and made this album, I think. And um, I've just been a fan since then and, and, and I saw, I remember I went to the album launch of this 
one at Howler. And yeah, I just think this album sounds so beautiful. And I think seeing June Jones live is really incredible because she's so funny. She's so funny on stage. And actually that night was great. It was a great lineup. Sarah Mary Chadwick and and Alice Skye. This song especially, Look At You Go, I love. And I think she said on, June said on her Instagram the other day that she's got a new album hopefully coming out soon. So that's exciting. Show you what I'm worth and then I'm not just some dirt on the ground. I stand up for myself and you say I look like some bookshelf you found. I don't mind being This next song is called Grand Ideas by Alice Skye. Tell us about why you chose that. Such a brilliant new single. I love it and I love Alice. Um, that new song, well, okay, so Jen Cloa uh, has been producing this new album by Alice or with Alice. And um, the first time I saw Alice must have been at that June Jones show. Perfect. Which, which I mentioned before. And then um, we did a show, myself and Camp Cope and Alice Sky did a show at the corner last year for the, um, oh no, it was this year. It was January this year. Everything's a blur, isn't it? Oh, I, (laughs) I've so lost track of the time of the world, but yeah, it was for the bushfires. It was in January and Alice, um, opened the show and she's just so great. She's such a great performer and, uh, songwriter and yeah it's been exciting hearing these new songs and just talking to Jen about you know how fun it how fun it has been working with Alice and the band and it's awesome to hear Alice kind of kick it up a notch with this song as well really get into some pop songwriting and a bit more you know she's got such an amazing smoky voice but has traded more in the kind of low-key folk sound in the songs that I've heard and she's really amping it up with this song which I love. Yeah, definitely. We were talking a little bit before about uh, your friend Joe Syme from Big Scary, who runs the Hotel Motel label. And many years ago, you founded Milk Records, which champions a lot of Melbourne acts and has been running for quite a while now. What was your hope when you first started Milk? And what was it that compelled you to begin your own record label all the way back in the day? Yeah, I think that it started off so small and so simple. I pretty much started it to to release my first EP, which which didn't really have a home and I didn't really know much about the music industry. So, um, yeah, I started the label to kind of be the home for it and then and then started kind of putting out a few friends' albums. And, yeah, and Jen, Jen we did Jen Chloe's In Blood Memory album, I think was the first one we did. 
then, you know, from working with her, I think the whole label transformed because she's she's just such a um, like force, <laughs> such so much kind of business savvy, and um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit more uh, quiet and scared of everything, and um, and and so. I think when we started working together, all of these uh, like bigger ideas and it turned into this much kind of bigger and more exciting label and we started working with more people and doing tours together and doing shows and um, compilations and yeah. Are you finding that, you know, in, with your label hat on that you and Jen and the label manager at Milk are getting a lot of submissions because everybody now has the chance to be at home and realize that song or that album that they always wanted to write are you getting more demos than you have before at milk i should check with with tom who's who's the label manager um i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure i think that um i think we kind of get a steady flow but we might even have a disclaimer on the website that says you know we might not have time to listen to these and because we are such a small like tiny tiny operation it's really hard to kind of yeah, it's, it's there's so much good music, and to to kind of continually continually say no to things is is kind of heartbreaking. But you know, open open to listening to to amazing things. If I'll just I'll just give out your email address right now, Courtney, so everyone can just contact you directly. Sure, I'm sure you'll really appreciate that. Yeah, it's Zanro at, <laughs> at milkrecords.com. Is there something though that for you, you know, founding this this label and running it with Jen Cloa and the label manager Tom Larnick Jones, who's had a huge history as well in running a label labels before, is there something that draws you to certain artists that you think this person should be part of the Milk family? A lot of the artists that we have worked with, you know, we already kind of knew. Like it was it was quite a um it's always been quite a smaller, you know, like reach. But even then you know, I think just really, really strong songwriting um, was always something that Jen and I kind of tried to tried to come back to. Yeah, I think strong songwriting and just kind of interesting, just that interesting kind of musicality and and but also you know it's it's coupled with this kind of like out like a the outlook of the world. I think like the kind of um, search for kind of knowledge and and um, and experimentation, all those things, just kind of always trying to trying to write better songs, and uh, I don't know that kind of proactiveness of 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 music <laughs> is uh you know it makes it kind of enjoyable and and challenging to work with, which I think is a a good thing. I'm sure seeing that as well, not just being in your own head with your own music must be incredibly, like you say, inspiring to see other people coming up and that curiosity and drive that they have must feed into your own energy as well as a, as a musician. All it does is kind of fuel it more, you know, it, it inspires it more. And I think that's something I always have found with the Melbourne music scene. There's so many um, artists that I love and that inspire me and it, and it just inspires you to be better and not in a not in a challenging way but but just in a you know just pushes you and it's um i think that's a good a good thing to want to to want to kind of open up and and learn more and like it's only ever going to be a good thing 
one of the other things that you were a part of um, a couple of years ago but has been recently seen on a new documentary that has just been shown on iview is no time for quiet this is based around the girls rock camp that happens in melbourne it was the first one that went down and you turned up one day and played some songs acted as a mentor made some zines um, for the girls and the gender diverse teens that were a part of girls rock for anybody who hasn't ever been to a girls rock camp how would you describe it what kind of what kind of thing goes down at girls rock i love girls rock camp so much i've when I was on tour years ago in America, I first heard about it. And then when it officially started in Australia, I got asked to, to be part of the first one in Canberra. And I just think it's so great. It's such a, um, yeah, it's like over a week and the kids go each day. And like, I think the basic premise is a lot of them don't play instruments or they might have a little bit, but they they learn an instrument, they write a song, they start a band. And then at the end of the week, they perform it. Girls can't do this. Girls can't play the drums or play guitar um but like I know that that's not true I can play drums um and I believe that girls rock is something that we, we can really express that with I remember nearly crying one day because I sat in I got to sit in on a rehearsal of a band and they were practicing their song and at the end of the song they all went around and talked about the song and and instead of like critiquing each other they each said something positive and I was too much for me like this slightly I don't know the the older you get the more cynical you get or something which I should not be the way and then and I just was like oh this is amazing I wish I wish everybody did this all the time like what a better world the place would be if like if we all had conversations like that and like communicated all of those things properly I just thought it was so so nice and um but what else yeah I've kind of I've popped in and out a few times I just I think it's so great it's such a it's just such a good space I think I wish I wish I could have done done that when I was a kid just to kind of I think more than anything like as a kind of confidence builder and like a social a social thing I mean Music is great and writing songs is great, but part of what I love about music and songwriting is um, learning how to communicate. Like I communicate a lot of my emotions and things through the songs I write and then um, the social element of it, like sharing those stories with other people and um, and reaching kind of common ground or common understanding so yeah I just think it's all so important and for for all those kids to kind of have that really safe and encouraging space I think it's I think it's so good do you have any siblings I got a brother Blake he's four years older than me And just mentioning there, you're talking about writing songs. I know that this has been a year that you were planning on, you know, taking a bit of time off touring um, and maybe looking into writing some more stories for a new record. Your songwriting has always been so observational. I'm wondering if the strangeness of 2020 has crept into your new stories that you're writing. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, how can it not? Um, I guess I've been working on these songs 
kind of, well, since the last album came out, I guess, slowly, like a lot of them are kind of these kind of very soft folk songs that are written in hotel rooms. Um, you can tell because they're kind of timid and quiet. But yeah, some of the new, I mean, you know, I wrote a song in this house when I um, I got back from LA as kind of COVID was was really kicking off and and so I quarantined here for two weeks and wrote a song looking out my window you know just like a very just that kind of repetition and pointlessness of (laughs) daily activities that I was kind of observing out my window my songs are always going to be a reflection of of what's going on but I think at the same time you know you don't want to be too kind of cliche about it (laughs) <laughs> I've already seen about five songs called Isolation and one literally called Coronavirus and I feel that will age. I'm going to be honest, I feel it will age. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you got to be a little a little bit um metaphorical about it or something. I mean, there's no rules. There are no rules. And I'm always up for hearing your stories. So, um exciting to hear that you're working on on new songs as always. We have one more tune for you to share, and it is from a queen. Sampa the Great is your final pick. Oh, man, what an artist. You've chosen freedom. How is this tied into your Melbourne, CB? Sampa the Great is one of my favourite artists, and on top of that, Melbourne artists. So um, that was kind of top of my list um, for sure when this came around. But it's it's just been awesome kind of following her career and just seeing everything she does and just I saw her perform at uh, Fairgrounds Festival a few years ago, which was really, really incredible. And then I saw her perform at Melbourne International Film Festival. She did like a live score. Um, oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, to this uh, French film called Girlhood. And it was so amazing like her and her band you know the the film was showing behind them on the screen and they were um performing and uh it was it was just so so incredible <laughs> I'm such I'm such a fan um and then recently she did that um uh that did you see that Roots video yeah yeah like, like the it was for uh, the Roots um the picnic picnic yeah yeah Yeah, that was just so perfectly kind of like all of the the design and and the sound for that video was incredible she just puts on a full show I, I still remember the first time I saw her and you could see the fire of her performance and this self-confidence and self-belief and obviously just her talent and she was by herself on stage with I might have even been Rodriguez, one of her early producers, who was just literally, you know, pressing play on a tape deck behind her and then, you know, channel that to and compare that to Golden Plains this year where she's on stage with the full band in a full red outfit and headdress and just this complete, like, it's like an opera on stage. <laughs> it's amazing. But she's always had that. It's, you know whatever I see in front, whether it's her on stage or it's her and 20 people on stage, she's always had that power whenever she's performed from the get-go. She's an amazing artist. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally, totally agree. Samper the Great and Freedom, an incredible artist and one of Courtney Barnett's favourites as she closed out her Take 5. I always love chatting with CB and I hope you loved that too. If the Take 5 is a favourite podcast for you, please tell a friend or leave a review for us in Apple Podcasts. It means a lot. And hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the people you love talking about the songs they love. I'll see you next time. Dan Rowe. Every week, hear the people you love. Hi, I'm Joan Jett. Hey, this is Nana Cherry. And I'm taking five. Talk about the five songs they love. Hear stories of discovery. And I heard this thing coming out of the speakers. I was like, oh my God, what is that noise? Wow. And the songs that changed how they saw the world. It just affected me deeply. I never knew rap could be that powerful. Join Zan Rowe and Take 5. Life 101 with Kimber and Zan. Pull up a chair. (laughs) Subscribe now.